Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program again this week and thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to just sit down and, and uh, enjoy the program with us on a weekly basis. Uh, write to us, let us know where you're watching us so we know how to be good stewards of which networks we're on. We are on several networks, and so uh, just shoot us an email or something. Go to our website. If you can just simply do it at info at you can let us know where you're watching from, and uh, it helps us to be good stewards of uh, our resources. Uh, I want to welcome you back again to the program and just tell you again that if you've missed any of the programs, we usually are recording these in a series-type session. We've been dealing with the book of Matthew, and for the last several months we have been dealing with, especially from Matthew 3 up through now, Matthew chapter 7, and we have been in this series where we're dealing with uh, the Sermon on the Mount and um, Jesus uh, beginning to introduce what we call the gospel of the kingdom the new covenant. It's a different form of government. And, uh, you know, I, 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 believe, I believe that as we unpack these things, we have been helping you to understand that the gospel is more than just about when you get to heaven, but it's how to live as the days of heaven on earth right here and right now. Hallelujah. And so we're going to go back to Matthew 7 here today, and we're going to uh, begin again uh, to read some things, and then we want to try to get a little bit further uh, in this series. But I'm just going to begin, I think, uh, in verse number one and just read down through here. It said, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is in the New King James. Why do you look at the, at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye? Look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who shall, if his son shall ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, this is, we, we had dealt with all of that over the last several weeks. So this is going to be the part we're going to jump into fresh on this particular segment. Enter by the narrow gate. And broad is the way that it says, uh, uh, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. And then he goes on to say, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorns, or thorn bushes, or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree 
bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Now, uh, let me, I, I don't know if I'll get any further than that today. I want to come back here because this, this uh, verse, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way, which leads not to heaven, it leads to life. And there are few who find it. Again, we started sharing with you. Again, I want to say this. I almost feel like I've got to dis- give a disclaimer every time I say it. I am not saying there's not a heaven. I do believe there's a heaven, and I do believe that if you're absent from the body and you go there, you are present with the Lord. But I want to emphasize the fact that a lot of what he's saying here is not for when you get to heaven. It's for how to live the abundant life right here. Again, I I look at things and see when Jesus is talking about the coming of the kingdom and he's talking about uh, the, the gospel of the kingdom being preached and the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he was talking about a new form of government coming on the scene. He was talking about a new creation coming on the scene. And see, the whole business of the gospel was God trying to move us from an old creation to a new creation. And that's not just something that's out in our future. It's something that happens through the cross of Jesus Christ as we receive His new life and we learn how to live in this abundant life. And again, I shared with you in another segment that the word eternal life does not just carry with it the idea of heaven. That is included. But the word eternal is a Greek word, eon or aeon, and it literally is talking about the life of the coming age. Now, in the context of Jesus dealing with the audience relevance that he's dealing with is, they are leaving an old covenant paradigm, and they are coming into the life of the coming age. The life of the coming age, again, includes heaven, but the life of the coming age that they were talking about was the one that you and I now enjoy. It is a life free from guilt, condemnation, sin. Uh, it, is, it, it, is, it is everything that is uh, uh, the promised blessing of living in the new creation. So much to say about that, hardly even hate to mention the book of Revelation, but there's a whole uh, uh, playlist on the, book, on the book of Revelation that we did on another network that is on our YouTube page. But really the whole book of Revelation is, if you listen to it, it's almost like cataclysmic, cosmic collapse. It's like an old creation passing off of the scene. And the latter part of it is like a new creation coming on the scene. I tell you that while that has future ramifications, it also has present reality. There is an old creation that has passed away and a new creation that began on the scene over 2,000 years ago. And the book of Revelation chapter 21 said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are true and they're faithful. So it's God bringing renewal. It's God bringing a new heaven. It's God bringing a new creature. It's God bringing a new covenant. It's God bringing a new heart, a new spirit, new tongues. Everything about this new creation is brand new in nature. So when he's saying to them, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. What he's saying in this text is, remember his audience relevance is 
scribes, Pharisees, Jewish people under an old covenant paradigm. I, I want to renew, re, uh, refresh your memory a little bit again. Matthew 5, when Jesus first starts teaching the Beatitudes, he begins by saying, Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. Now, what he's talking to in Matthew 5 is he's talking to a whole group of people who think they're already righteous on the basis of an old covenant performance. You know, even in my early days of preaching the gospel of the kingdom, a lot of the guys that I was around preaching the gospel of the kingdom preached the gospel of the kingdom, and they preached you access it through righteousness because it really, righteousness doesn't mean you glow in the dark. It means you are in, uh, you're in right standing covenantally in this new covenant with God. Uh, you're in favor with God. and You're in the right place in this new covenant. And, uh, uh, and, but a lot of the guys that I was around preached that we, we accessed the kingdom through righteousness, except that their righteousness that they thought we were going to access it by was old covenant performance-based righteousness. Of course, the end of the story is nobody ever qualifies for it based on that. But what I'm simply saying is the audience relevance in this whole Sermon on the Mount series throughout these is he's talking to people who are under old covenant paradigm who think their righteousness is based on their performance. And he says to them, if you don't get hungry and thirsty after, if I can say it like this, another kind of righteousness, a one that exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, Matthew 5, the righteousness that exceeds is the righteousness of Christ that was given to you as a free gift. So what I want to share with you in this segment is when we say, boy, you know, I've heard people say, boy, I just need to get back on the straight and narrow. What we usually think we mean by I want to get back on the straight and narrow is I just need to get my act together and get back on the, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to redouble my efforts. I love what the message Bible says in Romans 8. It says instead of redoubling our own efforts, why not? simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. So what the reality he's saying is, is it's not about redoubling your efforts. It's not about what you think is uh, performance-based. i got to get on the straight and narrow. I believe the Broadway that led to destruction was the old covenant performance uh, uh, righteousness. Let me, let, me show you this from, let me show you this from John 10. I want to show you this from John 10. This is to me is, is right on the same... Uh, exact way. It says, most assuredly, I say to you that he who does not enter by the sheepfold, uh, does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up, watch these words, some other way. The same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me, watch this, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. 
The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now I want to stop here and come back and, and tie this together. He says, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For broad is the way that leads to destruction, and narrow is the way that leads to life. Now, what we see here as we come to John 10 is that the door or the gate into the sheepfold is not performance-based, law, legalistic, old covenant entrance. The way into the sheepfold is through the door of Jesus Christ. So I simply submit this to you in this simple way. The straight and narrow that few are finding was the way into the life of this new covenant and life in the kingdom and life that does include heaven, but it was not coming through the broad way of performance-based religion where men were trying to, through their human effort, get in. It is what I call, when they, you know, uh, it, it, again, let me just make it simple again. Jesus is that door. He is the door into the sheepfold. There's no other way in except, and he's talking about here in John 10, that, that uh, it's not just a way into heaven, but it's a way into life. I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And he says to them in John 10, first verse, he that climbs up, let me go back here because I want to I make it clear. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter by Enter the sheepfold by the door. So again, here we have the door is Jesus. The straight and narrow is Jesus. He's saying to these old covenant scribes, Pharisees, religious dudes, there's few of you under this old covenant that are finding this way of life. See, what we've done is preach this where we make it so difficult that only me and five other people are going to be saved. But the, the, the context is everything, and I stress this all the time. A text out of context is just a con. But what, what, what Jesus is doing in this is he's talking to people who are trying to climb up into this way of life, into the sheepfold, some other way. Well, the some other way in John 10 is through the rules and regulations of an old covenant paradigm. And not just that, but anything that we put in this that we think is another way. I always, when I read this, I say to them uh, when we come, it says uh, that he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way. If you're sitting there listening to me, say that with me, some other way. The same is a thief and a robber. What's the thief and the robber of John 10 is when you think there's some other way into the sheepfold and into life other than through the door, which is Jesus. He's the straightener. He's the only way in. And so the reality of it is, as he's saying to you, that he goes on to say this, all that ever came before me are thieves. Any method that you think is another way into the sheepfold is going to be a thief and a robber to you. I, I, I know there is a movement out there afoot among many people that says, ah, Jesus is a way into the, th no, 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 no. He, Jesus, I, I, I'm, I'm a stickler about this. Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. He is the only way. There's not a bunch of ways in. Everything else is a thief and a robber. It will rob you of your life. I can't help but think of the, the scripture in Proverbs where the writer of Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right, not wrong, 
a way that seems right to a man, and the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, can I tell you that he didn't say there's a way that seems wrong, there's a way that seems right. That's, that way that seems right was the religious performance-based religious system that Jesus is trying to dismantle here and saying to them, there's a lot of people who are going in a gate called destruction because it's not giving you life, it's taking your life. You know, I, I tell you, this is so, so life-changing to me because I think about my own experiences growing up, uh, you know, in religion is that religion became a thief to me. It has been especially abusive when it comes to women or, you know, you know because it, 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 it took our sense of you couldn't wear makeup, you couldn't fix your hair, you couldn't dress a certain way, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. And what it did was it robbed us. It robbed not just women, but men. It robs us on a lot of levels. It robbed me of a lot of things. But it robbed, let's say, it robs women of their sense of self-esteem, their value, their looks. It robs our relationships, our romance. It robs our marriage. I think of just one particular thing, even whenever I was growing up, and it was a sin to take physical education. It was a sin, and the reason it was a sin was because you had to wear shorts to do it. And so, you know, I, we opted out of physical education because you had to wear shorts to do it. And, and uh, my, my principal said, I, I respect your religious beliefs. He said, but I can't give you a diploma without at least two credits of physical education. And, and uh, you know, he said, I, that, that, my hands are tied. That's the law of the state is that I can't give you, and, and so, uh, you know, uh, my pastor, well, I'll, I'll just leave that be, but nevertheless, what happened was, is that mentality uh, of religion that, that, that somehow me wearing shorts to take physical education was going to rob my life, but what it did was it put me in a position where it jeopardized my diploma in my high school year, so it became a thief and a robber to me. And the effects of that, if I had not gone on to study more and pursue in ministry, could have been poverty because you don't have an education. It could have been, uh, well, you know, even the fact that sometimes <laughs> your health is affected by the fact that sometimes, you know, bodily, pro bodily exercise does profit little. And, uh, and uh, I can, you can tell I probably need still a little bit more of that. But the reality, what I'm saying is that when we, everything that we believe affects us in some way. But if it, if it becomes a thief to you, I'm convinced that when you get the real gospel and you truly get on the straight and narrow, which is not performance-based or really, really hard walk in God or keeping all the rules or did I do this, did I, but following, finding out that the only way into this is a complete, total, utter dependence on Jesus who is the door of the sheepfold. And if you'll hear his voice and simply follow his voice, the issue that flows from that is life. It's the way in. And he said, his sheep don't hear any other voices except his voice. Here's my deal. If the gospel or what you're hearing preached is not making you free, it's not the gospel. If it brings you under more bondage, it's probably not the gospel. But, you know, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. And I am convinced, and one of the reasons we went on national television is because we believe that when you preach the real gospel, people will get their life back. 
I tell people, if you listen to country music and you play it backwards, you get your wife back, your dog don't get run over with the train, you get out of jail, you know, and on and on and on it goes. But it's the same way if you play sometimes the gospel backwards. You'll get your looks back, your peace back, your wife will come back, your joy will come back, your, uh, your kids will come back. Because, see, I'm convinced that the life that we have becomes the light. Jesus said, in him was life, and the life was the light. A lot of things that I thought was the light growing up, I thought, well, if we dress a certain way, that's the light. No, that wasn't the light. That was not attractive to people. As a matter of fact, people looked at us and said, man, I, I pity those poor people. Their God makes them do that? You know, I, I look at some religions having traveled all over the world, and I see some of these religions, and I'm just not take a shot at any particular religion, but I see some of the things it makes their people do, and I think, and they think that becomes an attractive thing that would draw people. to See, I'm convinced that the quality of life that the real gospel gives us becomes the life that draws men in. We ought to be the happiest, most prosperous, best families, more peace, more joy. I think sometimes even problems in marriages and in relationships stem back to sometimes our religious upbringing and our roots. And, and listen, while there's a lot of good stuff that we need to bring with us, what he's saying here is this Broadway this way that thinks man can find his way in here is a way of destruction. But there's only one way in, and that's through the door. And all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. So if you think there's any other way that a relationship with Jesus and hearing his voice, it will become a thief to you. And somebody said, well, no, no, that, that, that's the devil in John 10. But see, what I, I'm just going to draw something to your attention. The devil's never mentioned in John 10. It doesn't say the devil is a thief. It says... The thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life. But the sheep did not hear them. So the thief of John 10 is not the devil. The thief of John 10 is when you think there is some other way. Look at the context. He that climbs up some other way, the same, is a thief and a robber. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to kill to steal, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm telling you that I believe that, that the thief of John 10 is not the devil. It is some other way. And, uh, you know, the some other way is, is, is just something that's not an option for us. What we've got to do is we've got to put our focus on him. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and as we put our focus on him and realize, listen, everything else becomes distractions. If you think that, that uh, again, if you think that there's some other way, everything about the scripture that points to strive to enter in at the straight gate, straight is the gate, narrow is the way. Again, it's not just about heaven, but it's about life. And it, this way of life is a way that can only come from him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And he goes on to say, but I love this in John 10. He said, then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I'm the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I'm the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. 
The thief does not come except to kill, steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. If you go back into Matthew uh, chapter 7 where we were just at, what you'll see is Jesus right on the heels of telling them to enter the narrow way right below them. He said, beware of false prophets and those who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Can you see the comparison? Over here in John 10, he's telling them, uh, you know, I'm the shepherd of the sheep and anything else is a wolf. So the, what he's dealing with is these wolves were those who were coming to, uh, with, I believe they were the Judaizers of his day, trying to bring people back to that old performance-based religious system. And he says, but I'm going to tell you what, my sheep hear my voice. They won't follow a stranger. Uh, so he goes on to say that you don't have to follow these ravenous wolves. In other words, uh, he said, but you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? Even so, every tree bears for good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. And he reconnects this again by saying, listen, there is two different kinds of trees, a bad tree and a good tree. If I could say it like this, Old Covenant, the tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the new covenant, it's the tree of life. Which tree are you offering to people? These wolves were offering them fruit from a bad tree that never produced any life. This tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the tree of performance-based religious system where you could take it clear back to uh, Eden's misty garden and say in that garden that the devil said to Adam, in the moment you get enough information, you can be like God. It is the voice of the enemy trying to offer you some other way. So that if the devil is involved at all in John 10, it's because he's trying to get you to go back to Old Covenant Old Covenant, performance-based, get on the straight and narrow type of mentality, but the straight and narrow is not performance. It's a person. And when you get in Christ, then all of a sudden you have entered into this way where there is green pastures and you're not feeding from the wrong tree, but you're feeding from the right tree, which is the tree of life that flows from the life of God. And it gives you this abundant life, not just somewhere in the sweet by and by, but it gives you the abundant life right now. Hallelujah. Well, it's been a blessing to share with you. I trust you've been blessed with it. You saw the lights flash a little bit. We had a little bit of technical difficulty there, and uh, uh, but uh, we're back up and running again. So uh, God bless you. Take a moment, if you would, to just uh, call the number on the screen. Uh, sow a seed into the ministry. If you'd like to help us take the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace around the world, we need your partnership. We can't do it alone. We need you to do it. And uh, as God lays it on your heart, please be obedient to him. There is somebody standing by that could take your call. If you do not get an answer immediately, please leave a number and uh, we will try to get back to you. When you leave a message, we will always call you back. Uh, but you can sow seed into the ministry via our website as well. You can simply go there and click on the link for giving. And you can call and you can give your credit card or anything through the, uh, through the telephone. Or you can send a check to Lynn House Ministries to the address on the screen. Thank you for joining us and thank you for your partnership. God bless you.
This series is about living life in the context of sonship. Jesus is recognized as a son in the River Jordan by his father. Flowing from his identity as a son, Jesus comes up out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit with incredible demonstrations of the miraculous. He introduces to his followers the new covenant idea that God is more than just an austere judge. He is our Father. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Let us awaken to our true identity and set creation free.